0: You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life Podcast, episode number three, Choosing One. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life, and give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Welcome. So glad you're here. It's early morning in Texas, So good morning, if it's morning for you as well. The dogs and I are up recording, trying to get a good start to the day. Today's episode is about the process of choosing one, (laughs) just one, and where our mind wants to take us during that process. Does this happen to you? You decide something is gonna change, which could be just about anything, and then overwhelm sets in at the number of choices available. Start to narrow down the choices, Choose one, and then doubt sets in. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right one. Maybe this isn't even a good idea. And then work your way back to, okay, it is a good idea, but I don't have to decide right now. I can decide later. (laughs) And then get back to one, and then tell somebody, somebody you trust who says, no, you should do it this way, or you should choose this, (laughs) and back into the same cycle. Or how about this? You make a decision, set a goal, start, and then the critic part of the mind wakes up. Not only does it wake up, but it wants to run the show. So this is what happens to me. I decide I'm going to go for a run. I set a goal. Today it's two miles. And about two minutes into the run, my mind comes up with, Oh, this is hard. (laughs) You're going to pass out. You can't keep breathing like this. You'll barely finish a mile. Or if that doesn't work, the next thought might be, if you ran more often, it wouldn't be hard. And then finally, just because those weren't enough, you really should have chosen three miles. It's a better workout. Does it happen to you? Or maybe somebody you know? Both things happen to me, and I seem to notice them more as I grow older. So in dissecting through this, kind of like going back to anatomy lab, obtaining a better understanding through dissection. Here's what I learned. It's so much easier to stay the same than it is to change. It's the primitive brain wiring. What we know is safer than what we don't know. And what occurs from here is overwhelm, which can be subtle or not so subtle. It keeps us the same because our primitive brain wants to know the conditions and it wants to be familiar with them. That's our safety mechanism. It brings up fear of missing out. Choosing one means that we have to forego the other options, and we have to be satisfied in that one. And whatever it is, once we choose it, may not look as nice. Kind of like the grass is greener on the other side. It brings up uncertainty on how the decision will look or will feel or will last. We can't know the answer to any of this. Until we actually make a decision and follow through and see what happens. But our brain wants to compare it with the options that we're not taking. Followed by doubt. Doubt of making a decision that will make the best decision. Because of course there's only one. (laughs) No, of course there's not. That we have all the information we need. That maybe we need to get more experience or more research or more training or more experts. All of that is doubt. And then comparison, with how others would make the decision, what decision they would make, that it generally looks so easy. It looks easy because we compare what we see on their outside with what we're feeling on our inside, and that's an unequal comparison. We also tell ourselves these amazing stories about other people. Here's an example. I created a story about a friend that I hadn't spoke with in a while. She must be doing great. she must have a full life. she must not need to hear from me. And I mentioned her in one of the first two podcasts, or at least I mentioned this story. But here's more detail: The truth was that she was struggling, and she was beating herself up for struggling, and she didn't want to share her reality. And so here I was creating a story about how well she's doing, and I didn't reach out to her. And she wasn't doing well and didn't, didn't want to reach out to me. And man, my story wasn't helpful for either of us. This doesn't come in terms of making a decision, but only in the comparison and the stories that we tell ourselves. So next is judgment. Judgment of ourselves for being caught up in all of the drama, or maybe what feels like drama when we want to make a change. It can feel like an invitation to others when we risk sharing what's going on, our decisions and the road ahead, hearing what we should do or should be. That all goes along with judgment. So looking at all that comes up from simply wanting a change, It's so much easier to stay the same, to not start, or to not finish, to just say it's not worth it. Because who wants to face all of this overwhelm, fear, uncertainty, doubt, comparison, judgment, better yet, invite them into our experience of change and our attempt at evolution? I have to smile right here. It may just be me. But I don't think so, because the more I share my life, my thinking with others, the more I realize that it's a similar process and it's part of the human experience. So the bigger question is how can we survive this? Or better yet, how can we thrive? Because we're a group that's looking for something more. And that's what we're really looking for, thriving despite the conditions. Doing well regardless of the circumstances, because all of the power for our lives is within us. So consider these ideas. First, use humor. I smile again. At all of what our mind will come up with, because it's capable of generating a lot of vivid thoughts. Sometimes cruel thoughts. Sometimes just unhelpful So I laugh. I know that the times when my primitive mind is going to be more active, if I'm sleep-deprived, if I'm trying to create something new, if I'm caught up in personal thinking, my thoughts can be incredibly vivid, and I just have to laugh. (laughs) It's things that don't come from the authentic, genuine me. So I treat it like a joke. Hmm. And then I move on. What if you don't take any of it seriously? Just use humor. We also mentioned in the past two podcasts to not believe everything that we think. Sometimes our mind are like toddlers, very tired toddlers. <laughs> and it's amazing what they'll come up with. Second step, employ trust. Trust that any decision you make is right, that you will figure it out along the way, that you are more than capable of making this decision, that you have enough information and the opinions of any stakeholders, that you're doing your best and you can't possibly know how it's going to turn out and trust that that's okay. Third, Be clear on what you're seeking. If I'm on a run, what exactly do I want? Is it a personal best? Then what do I want that personal best in? How far? How fast? And be very clear. If I'm just getting back into running, then my husband calls it a rust kicker. (laughs) We're going to go out, going to kick the rust off, and that's it. So looking at what am I going to measure this by? Is it a distance without stopping? Is it a total distance regardless of stops? Is it the amount of time that we spend? Is it how my body feels? Be as specific as possible. Because when I'm clear on the outcome that I want, I can be clear with the decision that is going to lead me or give me the highest chance of meeting it. And doubt doesn't have a chance. If my goal is a personal best for a quarter mile, then when my mind comes up with three miles is a better run, it doesn't matter. It's just background noise that I can laugh at and go back to my very clear intent and goal for that event. So be clear on what you're seeking and what you want that to look like so that any of those things that we talked about, overwhelm or doubt or uncertainty, they don't get a chance, decisions made. Fourth, minimize, limit, and constrain. So take down the number of available choices to the top two or three, and that's it, top two or three. And then choose the one that stands out from among them. You can do it based on your motivation, or the opportunity it presents, or the joy it evokes, or however you measure success. Pick the one that stands out. That's the right one. Fifth, make the decision and take action. Unless there's an emergency, the decision is final. So if I'm out on a run, my son calls, the house is on fire, all right, the run is done. Sun calls and can't find something, I'm going to keep going because I'm taking action. The decision is made. You may learn more or unanticipated things will come up or a host of other things that will bring up the questions. Oh, was this the right decision? The answer is yes. You made the decision. It's right. It is time to move on and take action, either to start that or to keep going. So going back to the running analogy, if there's a plan for two miles without stopping, it doesn't matter how long it takes. The brain can stay quiet for the full two miles and the focus can simply be on stride length and breathing. If instead the goal is run until the first side stitch, then it doesn't matter how fast or how far. The decision is made. I'm going to keep running until then. And when the side stitch comes... I'm just going to say, hello, (laughs) I've been waiting for you. And then finally, reflect. Reflect to build even more confidence. What did I like that happened with that decision? What didn't serve me well during this process? What did I learn? How can I incorporate this into the next decision? At least the pattern, the learning tools. I've used running as an example because it's one area that my mind likes to spin out of control, but there's many examples in life from what seems trivial to major medical decisions and all are valid, relevant, and important because it's what derails us from taking next steps in our lives. So you can see based on what we've covered that this can be a a battle between fear judgment, overwhelm, doubt, and comparison versus trust and confidence. But know this, it's trust and confidence that builds more trust and confidence. And that's the difference between a good life and a phenomenal life. So thanks for being here today. Totally on your team and cheering for you. And here's a high five. See you next time. Let's stay connected. Sign up for regular emails at georgemdcoaching.com forward slash freebie, and you'll receive a guide on the five obstacles to your ideal weight. That's georgemdcoaching.com forward slash F-R-E-E-B-I-E.